1: Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au
0: You're listening to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Hello everybody
2: and welcome to the show made possible by our friends at Tobin Brothers Funerals celebrating lives. Well today we're joined by two men who have tasted success on football's biggest stage. Geelong's Matthew Stokes and Sydney's Paul Williams each won grand finals in their long and distinguished careers. And in the days before their old sides ventured back into the furnace this weekend, we caught up with the Cats forward and the Swans midfielder. And we start with the former... Matthew Stokes, welcome. Thanks for joining
1: us. Now, thanks for having me.
2: Three grand finals you played for the Cats. Premierships in 07 and 11 and the disappointment of 08 in between. When this weekend rolls around for you, I was keen to know, do you think of the joy of winning the two or the pain of the missed opportunity of the other one?
1: The pain of the missing one. Really? Definitely the first thing that comes to my mind. Um, I think when you think about this time, you think about the stress going through to some of the players too. There's so much that goes behind the scenes of, Of getting to the grand final, but also to the final grand final week, getting your family members to the game, getting tickets, all the stuff that should be irrelevant because you're playing the most important game of life, seems to be the most craziest. Sunday to the Tuesday is it's just a nightmare. It's it is really I I really do feel players' pains when they go through it because um, the amount of ticket requests you get as a player is uh, is crazy. And does that get easier? Like you played in three grand
2: finals. Does that do you get better at that as it goes on?
1: No, not at all. (laughs) By the time you got to the third one, you've met more people, you've got more friends. Um, So it is a bit of a nightmare. But I think the the quicker you can sort of keep that to the side or or, or nip it in the butt and then be able to focus on what you're meant to be doing, and that's playing the game, um, the better off you are. But I think it's also having really good people around you to make sure that, um, you know, the requests don't get out of control. I mean, even Geelong playing this week, the amount of uh, ticket requests coming from people is, is extraordinary. And I haven't played for five years. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's not the great part of the grand final, but it's definitely part of it.
2: You're still getting hassled. I love it.
1: <laughs> My family's deep, mate. My family's deep.
2: <laughs> so that's all the housekeeping. That's all logistics. What about, as you say, playing? I mean, how were you able to process the week, the enormity that comes with, you know, one day, one game, and I guess the gravity of a winner-takes-all envelope that, that sits over our game?
1: Yeah, you, you don't really know the ramifications leading into the game i think you you look at it and go yes yeah, really you know really important game obviously we've got to the final game of the year and and that's what we strive to do as a team but now now that you've finished now that you're retired and, and and you understand the gravity of what you've been able to achieve and i think um i was really young my second year the, the 2007 granny so to be able to to win on not much going through spending too much time at an AFL list didn't really um, you don't understand what it actually means until probably the 2011 when we won that, been around for six years, you know, obviously lost 2008, was injured 2009. So yeah, you, you understand the AFL industry and the career of an AFL player. So you cherish it a little bit better, but um, yeah, you don't, you spend every moment sort of thinking about the big moments, you know, kicking the goals and all that, but um, it's, you know, there's beauty in the struggle and I mean, in saying that, to get to the grand final, you, you start to you know, yeah. look back on what you were able to achieve during the year.
2: Yeah, yeah, but even in 2007, you mentioned you are able to shield yourself off from all that stuff. I mean, the club hadn't won a flag for, what, 44 years? I mean, the city of Geelong was beside itself at the time. It's been
1: 44 years since Geelong has won the Premiership. Coach Mark Thompson believes it's about time. It's been a long time um, since we've won one and Port only won one what, three years
3: ago, or so it's so. Uh, we're more deserving
1: the blue and white of the police is that we take that as a tip
0: of who you'll be supporting tomorrow correct? Yes Oh, well, It's very special. I mean uh, How often do you get uh, pretty much a state running behind you? So it's uh, it's a big day and like I said fingers crossed that uh, we can give them all something to uh, cheer about Port coach Mark Williams is happy to play the underdog.
3: You know the expectations all along Geelong, Geelong
1: you know, if they don't deliver that I'll probably pull the place
2: down. The anticipation of people. So no pressure that came with that or just pure excitement?
1: Nah, there was pressure, but pure excitement. I mean, I'll tell the story of um, Dave Johnson was playing in the reserves, got arrested on a Friday night or Thursday night. Um, That's right. So that was that probably took the heat off all the players, to be honest. So if we would have lost, Dave Johnson probably be the most hated man in, in, in Geelong. Um, and Barmy told the group um, leading up to the, the parade on the Friday, um, and it sort of calmed the players down, you know, <laughs> Neil Baum getting up in the bus and saying, well, Dave Johnson was arrested last night and the whole bus erupted. Um, <laughs> uh, the, 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 the pressure that took off us was amazing because I think we were a group that was pretty relaxed. You know, I mean, I've heard about the the story of how Jimmy tells Jimmy Bartell, how we let the goat um, on the training track on the Friday. And that was all part of our makeup of a footy club and as a footy group. So, um, you know, that was part of it, but the pressure that was there, I mean, hundred percent it was, um, but it did help when you had a great team around you to be able to shield mm-hmm. you from that pressure.
2: And the game itself, I mean it was it's easy to from the outside looking in, but it was put to bed early. Five goals to two in the first quarter. You're up by fifty odd at half time. But when did you as a player allow yourself to realise that you'd won it?
1: Um well I was i, I my kneecap popped out in the last parts of the first quarter. Yes. Um so I was still running on adrenaline. But um I think after after the half I we knew if we could just get a, a goal really quickly off the back end of halftime would be, you know, was pretty much locked in. And I, I think I got the ball and, and kicked it to my great man, my great friend, Cameron Mooney, and he slotted one from the boundary. And that was the moment where I was like, yeah, we've got this. Stokes,
0: time to assess
1: and deliver. That is a lovely kick. Um, it's time to time to party. And it's sort of, with our group, I mean, everyone wants to be the, the man, you know, with Steve Johnson, we had Chappie, we had Gaz, we had Jimmy. Um, so these guys were all, it was showtime for those boys and it was an amazing experience to be able to play a quarter and a half of football knowing that we already won um, and we we're about to become premiership brothers.
2: Yeah, and what a rollercoaster for you. You mentioned that kneecap. Now when that when that happened in front of the members, I reckon it was in the first quarter. I don't reckon there was a man, woman or child who wouldn't have said that you hadn't done your ACL. Like it, it looked for all money that you'd done the full box and dice. Can you take us through the moment and whether you actually believed that at the time?
1: I didn't know what to believe. I, I did feel the pain and I, I did feel it pop out and then go straight back in. And I remember just looking at the doctor, asking is, you know, am I am I okay? And he's just like, no, nah, you're not good. And he was one of my best mates, you know, doctor, Dr. Doctor Jeff Allen, uh, Chris Bradshaw was um, was there as well. And it was like, what, "What is there anything I can do? And they said, the only thing we can do is strap you and give you a jab and see what it feels like. And I remember just getting the jab and all of a sudden feeling like we could play again. And um, <laughs> I remember wearing out about ten o'clock that night and the pain and the swelling that came with it. It took me probably about six months to get over it, uh, from that point of view. But I mean, if you have to go through a bit of pain to to get the ultimate, I mean I'd do it every day of the week.
2: Isn't that amazing? Modern medicine, eh?
1: Oh, unbelievable. It was incredible.
2: So statistically, uh, at this stage, 2008, the next year, was your best year individually. I think nearly 400 touches, 38-17 on the scoreboard, but your worst game for some time came in that year's grand final loss to Hawthorne. I wanted to ask what state you were in physically while we are on the injury subject before the 08 grand final.
1: Yeah, look, I was, um, I I had a I I had a my best year by mile, um, until about around nineteen or twenty, I think it was. I started to get osteoporosis, and I was getting injections pretty much twice a week, and then in leading into a game, and with it being so close to finals, we thought it'd be best to keep playing instead of trying to have a rest and and try to come back and.
2: Yeah, why is that? It was Once horrendous. You,
1: what, it was the worst pain I felt for a long, long time.
2: Why is that? Once you stop, it would be too hard to get going again, or yeah,
1: I think so. I, I definitely thought that was probably the case from the, the medical team, and you know, Bomber was like, you know, we, we're going to back you in no matter what. So just just get through whatever you can, and the the some of the stuff that we had to do, I did. I did everything I did with Darren Milburn that year because he had the same injury, and we we're doing recovery sessions at night, you know, before training. Uh, We're getting injections, constant physio throughout the day, and and it just wasn't getting any better for me. And I'm I'm very, forever grateful that Bomber backed me in, but at the same time, I probably wasn't right to play in the 2008 grand final. And, you know, my job was to stop Hodgie, which um, didn't work out too well.
0: You get the feeling that Luke Hodge might have a target on him. It becomes a team responsibility, any chance they get, certainly in the first quarter of an hour, they'll test it a tough responsibility, a tough contract to take into the game.
1: There's obviously the footage of me trying to punch the shit out of his um his ribs. Uh, sorry about the language. Um, and um it didn't didn't work very well. So um, you know, obviously winning the Norm Smith and us losing. Matthew
2: Stokes, it uh, looks like he's oh, oh, here we go.
1: Here's Fresk again. Punches the target, they've done for him all. So, like I said before, it's, it's unfortunate, but it's part of the parcel yeah. of losing a grand final. It's probably think about it more than the, the wins.
2: And how did you, I guess, so you've had your best year individually. You're always going to back yourself in. As you say, the coach who's been around, he backs you in too. So you're always going to do that. But did you carry any regret out of the other side or it was just worth oh, rolling the dice? No,
1: nah, it, was, it was regret. I regret it pretty much daily, um, to be honest. I mean, looking at the players in, in the eyeballs, I was one of the one of the guys where I wasn't one of our best players, but I always was committed to the team. And I always thought that I always could be able to look my teammates in the eyes after game and know that I played my best and, and tried everything I could, even when I did play bad games. But after that, I just couldn't look my teammates in the eyes. I, I knew I'd let them down um, severely uh, and also to Bomber himself. So it was a it's a pretty big burden to carry around. It's it's still like I said, it, I think about it daily. Um, every time I think of Hawthorne, I, I think of it. So, um, you know, it's um, you know, something that it comes part of it being a professional athlete falling down, but also too does motivate you to get better. And I think 09, I learnt my lesson in O eight and was able to then say, look, I'm not going to play 09 because my body was actually cooked again. So, um, you do learn from it. You don't. You never lose. You learn. So that was part of it
2: yeah well just on that up next i reckon we'll talk about that selflessness of 09 the redemption of 2011 that's up next with maddie stokes you're listening to this is your journey it's thanks to tobin brothers funerals a family-owned business since 1934
0: welcome to this is your journey with sam edmund for tobin brothers funerals visit tobinbrothers.com.au tobin brothers funerals celebrating lives
2: Hello, it's great to have your company on This Is Your Journey. It's made possible by Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. We're with Geelong's dual premiership forward midfielder, Matthew Stokes. So, see Stokes, the Cats, your Cats, bounced back really hard in 9 after the devastation of the year before. You finished second to St Kilda. You won the qualifying final. You went through to a prelim that you would win easily over Collingwood by 73 points, but you weren't there. Now, you played in the qualifying final. You kicked a pair of goals, but you pulled out of the prelim, didn't you?
1: Yeah, look, I... I had issues with my drawings. Um, again, um, I had a, a, a slight tear in it, and um, I knew pretty quickly that it wasn't going to be right to play. Um, I also had a, a funeral that I had to miss a couple of days in mean, that period to get back home to Darwin to see, uh, to get to the funeral. And, and it was just a really disappointing part um, of the year. Um, and I knew I wasn't going to be right to prelim and And Bomber made no um, was pretty honest with me and said, if you don't can't play the prelim, you're probably not going to make it into the grand final team if we if we get through. And I, I just wasn't right to play. And, you know, I tried to do everything I could to get my body right to play. But in the back of my mind was 08, but also to just having a, a good, honest conversation with myself about where I was at. And um, If I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't change the thing because at the end of the day, a group got redemption for 08. And for me, and maybe... Um, sort of the makeup of who I am was more important that we got redemption as a group than me trying to play in a grand final win mm. one so um a lot of people ask me about the regret i don't regret one thing about 09 um and i i cherished that '09 9 granny like I played because the club we we went through the ringer with 08 and was able to then rectify it uh, the year up the year year later yes it would be nice to play but um at the same time as i think sometimes you've got to see the bigger the bigger picture.
2: Jeez, it would have been a hard one to watch from the stands. The tension was unbearable in that game.
1: Well, um, I, I remember the cameras followed me a fair bit around and, um, I was so nervous that, um, I got give, I won't tell the past player who, uh, gave it to me, but they gave me a, a takeaway Coke, um, drink at, at the MCG with a beer in it. Um, <laughs> cause the cameras were following me around a lot. So to head my nerves, I was just, uh, sipping on, um, light beers for the whole game. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a nerve-wracking game, but it was really proud to be able to watch and see how our boys handled that day and, and obviously get a, get across the line.
2: Wasn't Dave Johnson, was it?
1: <laughs> Probably was. No, it wasn't Dave
2: Johnson. So that wasn't the return of the OP? That was just a groin strain of sorts?
1: Yeah, I had a strain in yeah. the groin um, that happened in the qualifying final, and, and it was quite significant. Um, so in reality, I was never a chance to play, but... Um, I think you've always got to try and do everything you can possibly to get yourself up. But I, I, I knew pretty much straight away that I was going to be the end of my campaign.
2: Yeah. And then, as you say, Bomber went in and gave you the full clarity before the prelim. When you see them win by that much, there were no injury concerns. I guess you knew yeah. the writing was on the wall. Yeah, I
1: tried to kick a few boys in the shins on the way <laughs> on the way out. Uh, but uh, it didn't happen. But, um, yeah, I mean, for me, yeah, it was it was more about the, the greater good than, than an individual. And that's what our club's always been about.
2: So, there was a redemption in '09, 9 but there, your redemption came in 2011. I guess for the reasons of the way 0-9 played out, you had some personal challenges in the year before in 2010. I mean, how sweet was 2011 and that grand final win over Collingwood? Now Bartell got it out somehow to Chapman, who threw it on the boot. Inside 50, it goes for the Cats. Stokes
0: pounces and kicks the goal. Boy, they
1: needed that one. Yeah, that was sweet, as that was my favourite. Um, I was able to share that with a lot of my family members as well. Come down from Darwin, um, beating Collingwood was always was always fun, especially on a grand final day. Um, so the the 2011 was. I've been through a career, been through the ringer a little bit. Um, some of my own fault, some of just being part of part of parcel of being an AFL footballer. But to be able to to be you know eight years into your career and, and have that success was was really satisfying. I was able to then top off. And I think if you speak to anyone who's won a premiership, it just becomes addictive. So you just want to get back to it or you mm-hmm. at least get yourself in a position to be able to have a crack. So uh, 2011 was really, really special. Um, also to hobbies, was a signal of the end of that era because I think Otto and Lingy uh, retired at the end of that. Um, a couple of other boys did as well. So, um, but it was a really special week. You no, know? Steve Johnson made it all about him with carrying on that he <laughs> you know he wasn't gonna play and There's the helicopters
2: um, as well, that was a bit much.
1: Oh, that was that was that was funny. I mean, um, you know, Dogger was hilarious that week, but then also to to turn it on that game was incredible to watch. But um yeah, it was special um and something that I hold dearly um with that one. And unfortunately we had a couple of older players who missed out on that with Darren Milvin and Cameron, Ling, who I'm really close with. Um, But it was sort of the changing of the guard, you know, Scotty coming in, Mm. taking control of that group, which would have been bloody hard because that group was uh, yeah, a very stubborn um, and very um, close-knit group. So for him to come in and be able to just change a few things in that group to be able to then give us another crack was was amazing, amazing effort by him, but also to our group to be able to listen and, and be able to change on the go was was pretty incredible
2: and i don't know how sharp your memory is of the game itself but half time i think you're actually down by three points i mean did you anticipate that second half? i think it was 10 goals to three in the second era this game no, i do
1: remember i do anticipate it pretty well i remember i remember hawkey taking the game over
0: he gets up again and then hawkins does it again tommy hawkins on the big stage kicks his third hawkins again oh this is amazing who is this man where has he come from?
1: Um, and then I remember uh, Jimmy Bartel having a big snap on the on the on the boundary yeah. um, to put us a few up, and and then he kicked another one about 50 out, um, which really
3: put us away. Almost 200,000 eyeballs here at the ground watching Jimmy Bartel and a kick which is got there.
1: The best thing that I remember 2011 was 2007. Um, all the young guys got going to go on the bench. So I was on the bench with Burnsy, myself, um, Joel Selwood, and all the older blokes were on there. And 2011, um, they were trying to get me off, and I just told them to go and get f I was like, I'm staying on the ground here. <laughs> yes. um, and um, I actually then, Lingy was on the bench, and he was the last person. I'm like, I've got to get the premiership captain on. Um, so I got given the marching orders to come off for of Lingy. So... I looked over to the bench and um, if anyone's seen Lingy angry, it's not the prettiest sight, so I thought I'd better get off just to make it better for everyone else. So um and I think um yeah, getting him on, you know, was um I wanted to stay on there, but um you know Lingy deserved that opportunity to be able to um be the premiership captain but also share it with his uh with his guys.
2: And again, I don't know how sharp your memory is Was that did he then kick that goal after he came back on or was that before he went off? Do you remember that late goal? I
1: wonder if that Yeah, happened. he kicked that last goal, yeah. I think he um he come on I think he went off after that. Right. And I ran off. I, I, right. Yeah. I didn't run off. I got told to come off. So, um, which is all part of it. Which is all part of the stories.
0: Um, Harry O'Brien, deep in defence. Oh, short one.
2: Johnson slips over. Varco to the captain. This would be sweet. A sweet
1: goal to Cameron Ling.
2: Now, before we set you on your way, it looks like we've got you in the office today. Tell us what you're up to now.
1: I've got my own business, the Larrake of So, we're out of London to North here. Um... Which, uh, which is great setup. We've got about 60 employees across the board here. Um, we work in traffic management, ash building, concreting and entity trucks. So in the civil construction um, game and been in this for about two or three years now. So really enjoy being away from footy. I think footy was never a big motivator for me. It was something that I did and loved doing it, but uh, it didn't define me as, a, as an individual. So yeah, started this business about two two years ago and, uh, and love it.
2: It's uh, been an absolute pleasure to catch up with you on Grand Final Weekend, Stokes. Now, your contribution to those oh, unbelievably good Geelong sides in years past certainly won't be forgotten anytime soon, nor will that selflessness of 09 and that dislocated kneecap will only grow more painful and more dramatic in the reunions to come, I'm sure. Well Absolutely. done on what you achieved. Thanks again for joining us, mate.
1: Nah, thanks very much.
2: We've reached half-time on this grand final edition of This Is Your Journey, brought to you by Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. Jump online, you can find them at tobinbrothers.com.au. Paul Williams was a Collingwood mainstay for 10 seasons, but a trade to Sydney in late 2000 was the stepping stone to finally breaking through in 2005 and at the age of 32 to winning at Premiership. The Swans' jewel Bob Skilton medalist and All-Australian is up next.
0: You're listening to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Welcome to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives.
2: Hello, we hope you're enjoying this week's edition of This Is Your Journey. We're talking to two men who have saluted on AFL Grand Final Day, and Matthew Stokes now makes way for Paul Williams. Paul played 306 AFL games, 189 for the Pies and 117 for the Swans, getting that premiership medal in the nick of time in that dramatic 05 decider. Paul, welcome. Thanks a lot for your time. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, Very much appreciate it. Now, what's your primary emotion or thought, you know, when the words grand final are mentioned? Does your mind wander back quickly and almost automatically?
3: Oh, yeah, almost. Uh, I think the it's just a great week. I think the whole week is um, something that you, you just don't realise uh, that, anything about it until you actually experience it. So um, it was a wonderful week for us back in 05 and um, got some great mates out of it.
2: And is there a thought that comes to mind, you know, more readily than anything else? Perhaps a lasting image.
3: Um, I, I think the how hard it is. Well, it's so hard. It's so hard to even get there. Like it's so sad for the ones that lose as well. So it, it's so hard to get there, and you just got to do everything you can to to get that little uh, medallion around your neck at the end.
2: Well, if we just pull that thread a little bit further i mean plenty of players have toiled and toiled and actually had great careers but by virtue of the fact that they're you know drafted to the wrong club at the wrong time or you know victims of circumstance really they don't win or in yeah. some cases don't even get close to a flag and for a while i suppose it looked like that might be your lot at, at the pies
3: yeah yeah it did um like i i was lucky enough to get uh, drafted in, i think it was 1989 um i, I was picked Seventy-two, I think, from memory, and then uh, I, I stayed in Tassie, played against the the, the local club against the men in 1990, and clearly watched the the team closely then. And you know they they won so well in that 1990 um, flag, and and look, as a as a kid, you think, oh, geez, we're a chance to win it again next year, and, and yeah. the year after, and whatever, and it, it just didn't happen for a myriad of reasons. It just didn't happen. Now. Uh, and then in the end. Uh, i I only played uh, in ten years of playing for the Pies. Only played in one final, so that was part of the reason why I, I, I needed to I needed to go somewhere else.
2: Yeah. So in the, I had not look back in in the ten seasons you actually play a senior game at Collingwood. The last six of them are, are losing seasons, and the last couple you know heavily losing seasons. So it was some pretty tough years there.
3: Yeah, and no, it was really tough. And and oh, like I I've got great empathy for the the sides at the minute, and you know the North Melvins, et cetera that. That are going through a fair bit, and um, uh, it does get through the other side, um, and, and it's it's hard to 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 see that at the minute um, when you're probably in the blue and white sort of guernsey at the minute. But um, it, it is hard to see that, but it does it does change, and uh, that that's that's the thing that you you got to you just got to keep being pos- uh, positive and, and optimistic, and and do the right thing, train hard, and, and who knows what happens.
2: So how did the trade, Paul, to Sydney come about after the 2000 season? I think Mick Malthouse had just come in or was coming in. How did the actual yeah. trade, you know, um, come about?
3: Yeah, well, I, I think it was like I I was getting a little bit upset with the fact that we weren't playing finals and I, I was 26, sort of turning 27 and, and I thought, oh, I I need to have a serious conversation with Mick and, and I think it was Neil Barman at the time and, I said, come come over to my place and uh, I want to have a chat to you. I know I'm still contracted, but I'm not real happy about everything. Um, I I thought that we'd be doing better than what we were. Rah, rah, rah. And then um, that morning of the meeting at my place, um, Barmy rings me in, and Mick, Mick is a no-show. So he didn't turn up and uh, for whatever reason. And I said to um, Neil, I said, well, that's enough um, message for me. I'm out. So mm-hmm. that's... That's the whole reason. And it was a bit disappointing. Like, the rumours going around at the time was around uh, Bucks and myself having been falling out and all that sort of stuff. And it wasn't the case. That was uh, far from the truth. And uh, it was more the fact that I-, I wanted to have a chat with a couple of the hierarchy and only one of them turned up.
2: Yeah. Did that hurt you at the time or were you uh, water off a duck's back?
3: Oh, it... it- it Definitely hurt me at the time, and like you know, my grey haired advice now would be to myself, <laughs> uh, suck it up, princess, and um, wait, wait till next week and have a just have a conversation. Um, but in essence, uh, yeah, I, I end up playing in a, in a flag for the Swannies, But if I'd stayed, who knows, I might have played in two for the yeah. price, so yeah. Yeah, you know, who knows? Who knows what 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 could have happened? Um, uh, it, it's a little bit, and it's and it's interesting. It's a little bit different being uh, a, a player that's played, you know, a bit of footy at both clubs. You're you're a little bit. Uh, your left leg goes to the the Swans, your right leg goes to the Pies, and, and that's one regret that I do have that I wasn't a one club one club player. And if if I had my time again, I probably would have changed that.
2: Yeah, yeah, these are the sliding doors moments, aren't they? And and what were your first they impressions of, of life at the Swans, Paul? And life out of Melbourne, I suppose, the only club you'd ever known, Collingwood. I mean, Rodney Ead is the senior coach, of course. What were, what was your initial impression yeah. of life at the SCG? Well,
3: no, well, Rocket was an uh, unbelievable coach. Like He um, he actually coached me uh, in the Allies in 95, and um, I, I knew that he was really clever, the way that he did things, and I, I was happy, and it, being a Tassie boy as well, we were yeah. a bit connected that way, and uh, when he he tried to get me there in '99, and I said no, no, I'm not going. And then he he did it again in 2000, and I opened the door, perhaps going, and and end up going. And uh, the the guys, I really respected Paul Kelly, you know Andrew Dunkley, Darren Creswell, Wayne Swass, and uh, you know Dale Lewis. All, all those probably older guys at, at the Swans, and and I think I wanted to get out of Melbourne. That was the other thing that really attracted me to going to Sydney. So but the the footy club is like clearly like it's one of the best best things that's ever happened to me. Like they're a great footy club. Um, they stick by their people. Um, they're a very tight group. The management down to the to the bootstutter basically uh, are all on the same page. That, that makes it um, not easy, but it makes it uh, uh, better to be able to do something pretty special.
2: You certainly started well up there anyway. It looked as though from the outside looking in, you adjusted quickly because you had the two best and fairest in your first two seasons up there.
0: Chance to be involved in a Swans goal. Williams off the left. Great strike
3: he has been a good goal kicker over his career, though Paul Williams. Over 300 of them through the middle, so he knows where they are. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, I think the the change in uh, climate and state uh, was really good for me, and and in the environment, the environment was uh, conducive to, to play really good footy. I, mm. I, um, I used to go to the Milk Bar here in Melbourne. And come back 45 minutes later because the owner would ask me about the third quarter and then the fourth quarter. What happened? <laughs> uh, and in Sydney, I'd be home in four minutes. So yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a different, it, it's a different uh, uh, lifestyle up there. It's. Uh, it's warmer too. Like, I think my, my joints, my body and everything enjoyed the, the warmer climate as well. So, you know, there's a lot of things that, mm. that come into it. But but it's a great footy Yeah, you know, it's, it's still the test of time.
2: We're talking to Sydney premiership
3: player and Jewel
2: best and Ferris winner Paul Williams on This Is Your Journey. Thanks to Tobin Brothers Funeral Celebrating Lives. We'll be right back with Paul to discuss that magical 2005 season at the Swans.
0: Welcome to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Welcome to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives.
2: It's been great to have your company here on This Is Your Journey. Thanks to Tobin Brothers at Funerals, a family-owned business since 1934. Matthew Stokes and Paul Williams have been our guests today. So Paul Paul Roos takes over as coach in 2002 and there's there's significant improvement, and you're soon contending. But take us straight to 2005. Now, you finished third, 15 wins. You lose that first final to West Coast by four points at Subi. Actually, turns out to be the first in a five-game sequence where Eagle-Swan's game were decided by four points or less, which is extraordinary. But what level of faith was there that you could go the long way around to the grand final?
3: Yeah, no, there was a lot of faith. I, I think the um, that qualifying final there... There was that silly umpiring decision with Leo Barry and uh, I think it was, where he came off the mark and checked him a little bit and he got a free kick, kicked the goal. And but that was that was clearly a difference in the game, but but uh, we we knew that if we if we um stuck by uh what Rusey and the coaching staff gave us, um, that would win. And and it was interesting to the night before the game, like Rusey actually said to us, and, and we believed it. You know, whether we're right, rightfully or wrongly believed it, um, we we absolutely believe it. He said, "If you stick to the, you know, the the game plan and, and also the, the seven different indicators that we live by, we'll win. Mm. I guarantee you your victory." And that was pretty powerful. Um, I I sat back and and I've gone Jesus. Yeah, I, I, I believe that. I reckon if we do do that, we're we're a very very good chance. Of, we only just got there, but uh, it was still we still hit all the markers that we had to hit, and uh, we ended up winning.
2: Yeah, there was a remarkable resilience about those swan sides, and '06 6 the same. I mean, you had undoubted talent, but there was a real blue-collar nature to you as well, and I mean, Nick Davis has had a busy week this week, again, recounting his heroics from the semi-final win against Geelong, but was that one of the more remarkable yeah. wins you've been a part of, Paul?
3: Oh, it was, and uh, like we was locking um, in the qualifying final, I, I got a really bad corky right at the end of the game, and uh I remember this vividly. We were doing a warm up uh before the game and, and Nick uh tackled me in the warm up and he and he re corked my corky and it shut down my leg so uh I couldn't kick on my right leg for the uh the whole of that game and I actually had my arm around Ruzy uh in the theme song and I said, Listen, I- I'm done. I-, I can't I can't kick. Really? can you get someone else to replace me? And he goes, No, nah, it's too late. I said, All right, I'll go as hard as I can as long as I can and I only played a bit over a half, um, and I hated Nick, Dacos, uh, Nick, Nick uh, Davis the whole the whole uh, game until that last quarter. <laughs> I end up loving him and buying him all sorts of things. <laughs> so it's a funny game; yeah. it's, fun. it's a very funny game.
2: Well, no one saw that coming. And what of Grand Final day? I mean, Barry all got off at the tribunal during the week. That was massive. Now you're yeah. you're 32. It was you, massive. You yeah. finally got yourself to a Grand Final, and the Swans. You know, yep. in in, a, in concert with you almost, have the longest premiership drought in football history at 72 years. I mean, what was your yep. mental state going yep. in?
3: Yeah, well, initially it was like I, I'm i so excited to be there. I wanted to enjoy the week. Never experienced it before over, you know, 14 seasons before that. Oh, no, 15 seasons before that. Um, so wanted to enjoy that. I was really obviously worried that um, the big fella up forward in Hawley – uh, might not be there and, and he was so important to the way that we played and and obviously clearly very happy that um, the, the club took it to the length that they took it to, to clear him and got him to play and he played a really important role for us and I, I reckon that probably five or ten minutes after the siren goes, if you could bottle that emotion slash energy, you'd be a very wealthy man. It was, uh, it was an incredible feeling.
2: Yeah, the game was incredibly tense. I mean, you got out early. They brought you back. Then they edged ahead in the last, and you brought them back. What? Who was your matchup? Yeah. Primary matchup on the day, Paul? Did you have one or?
3: Yeah, no. Well, I, we I would normally match up with uh, cousins or Judd that day, and I uh, Ruzi decided to change it. I uh, started back, and and they they would take me back to the back sort of pocket, and and a different game back then where. You probably stayed your, your zone area a little bit more than what what mm. you do today, and and at halftime I was I felt really fresh and and cousins and Judd sort of got away from us a little bit and um, I just said to Ross Line and Ruzy, I said I'm feeling really fresh and I know I can get them um, let me let me find them and second half I, I sort of got a, a more of an on ball role and um, ha- had more influence in the game and it was it was a much better much better um, uh, result in the end for, for me and, and the team, which is, which is good. You Buchanan put
0: them in front.
3: Now, where
2: were you when Leo Barry took that now iconic and famous mark? So Leo Barry in
0: the back pocket. Heads along the boundary line. Oh, good mark by Cox. Cox throws it onto the left. One last roll of the dice for the First time in 72 years, the Swans are champions of the
3: AFL. I ran, um, I ran straight behind the pack, so you can sort of see me. I'm the last person uh, behind the pack, um, just in case it got over the back. Mm. I just thought, oh, I've just got to protect the back, um, because if it gets out there, I've got to get it and, and take off the other side of the ground, so... Uh, I was, uh, but I'm very, very happy that the uh, the great man took that mark, uh, one of the iconic marks in finals history, and uh, which he, he deserves every credit um, that he gets. But. But if you look back, if you go back on the, the clock, he's the man that actually kicked it and cocked in the first place. So yeah. he had to
2: mark it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I've already watched it before and, and noticed that. So four points. The closest grand final since the 77 draw at that stage, Paul. It was a, I remember being, that was a really emotional grand final. You know, lots of tears in the outer from the long-suffering South Melbourne supporters, long-suffering Sydney supporters who have been kicked and downtrodden for so long. Did you have a grasp of that as a player? That sort of emotional energy amongst your fan base.
3: You, you sort of knew it, but it became really real when, when when we won it. And I think that that's very special and stays so very special in your in your mind and your heart. I um, uh, uh, just even doing the the lap of honour at the end of it and seeing all the tears from all the red and white was very very special and something I'll, I'll never ever forget.
2: So Chris Judd won the Norm Smith, of course, but who who won it for your celebrations? You reckon in the aftermath?
3: <laughs> no, no, there was you couldn't split it. There was a many. There was many that were very very good in that space. So um, I think Mickey O'Loughlin was clearly our, our leader in, uh, in the entertainment space and uh, well loved by everyone at the club and, and and clearly still well loved now and just a great human.
2: Hey, Paul, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been great to have you and Matty Stokes on to reminisce on AFL Grand Final Day, without a doubt, one of the great events in the Australian sporting calendar, and it's a day that enhances reputations, enshrines its most heroic deeds. Well done on everything you achieved, mate, and thanks a lot for sharing it with us today. No, thanks, mate. And thank you for joining us also. You've been listening to This Is Your Journey for Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. You can jump online to find them at tobinbrothers.com.au, and we'll catch you the next time we celebrate another great sporting journey.